Hello, and welcome to episode 143 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the miss, this fucking guy, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I go for a look I call dead, but delicious. <laughs> On this week's episode, <laughs> Tenet is out, and more trailers have dropped, along with other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, What We Do in the Shadows. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Uh, we are drinking a Lancaster Hop Hog IPA. Lancaster's the beast. <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize, I actually, I kind of forgot that they did it in this movie too. That's one of my favorite things from the show, is especially Nendor. It's like, fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, back to the Hop Hog. <laughs> Which is, I'm assuming, in Pennsylvania? I would assume so. Lancaster Brewing? Pennsylvania, there you go. Yeah. Um, delivering layered hop flavors and a solid malt profile, we doubled down on the dry hopping for even more fresh hop character and refreshing bitterness. Okay. It's 7% alcohol by volume. It is 60 IBUs. All right. Now, do you want to discuss the... the- the well, not can our bottle art in this case. We can. Uh, it's a hog. You know, he's got some tusks. It's pretty he's sweet uh, barreling through some hops. He is. I like it. Would you say that the hog is hopping through the hops? <laughs> I, I, I dare say he is. I dare <laughs> say Char- charging through the hops. He is charging. Yeah. <laughs> Galvanic. Um, he looks like he wants some beer. Is what I'm getting out of this. Either that, or he doesn't want to be part of the pig roast. Fair. One of these two. Is he I, going to the market? <laughs> is he having roast beef? What's he, what's he up to? I've always been a little confused as to why the pig was eating roast beef. Sure. All I know is that he's not staying home. Also, whenever I think of pig roasts, I think of one of two things. Both of them having to do with Hawaii. One, going to a pig roast luau thing in Hawaii. It was a delight. Sure. Uh, two, I think of preparations for a pig roast in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Oh, That's God. the best scene in the movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. sorry. He's weeping and stabbing the pig. Why are you crying? I'm not I'm crying. You're crying. crying. <laughs> oh, yeah? You look like a big baby. <laughs> I should probably think of three pig roasts, considering we had one here, and that was That's true. beautiful as well. That was good. That was very good. All right, let's give the sucker a taste. Let's Cheers. find out how many hooves we give it. Cheers. Ooh, upgrading from fucking <laughs> maybe pork rinds. Mm, that's a uh, that's a fruity smelling. Interesting. It's a fruity tasting IPA. It um, it's definitely fruity. It's sm- all right. So you said it it smells fruity, but when I take a big old whiff of it, all I get is olives. <laughs> no, I don't think olives. I think guava. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said guava, but it, my mind made the connection to Ace Ventura. Guano, hello. <laughs> the great white bat has great white guano. <laughs> uh, I think you might be right, which is a weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm just as surprised as anyone that that's the pull I came from. But there's, I've had a couple of IPAs with that as a characteristic. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, we may have yeah. to pause. Uh, I would say we're going to have to pause the, the the recording, but we've already had too many technical difficulties to mm. start the last two weeks. Oh, no. We're just rolling. But I thought I broke Anthony for a second because... You did. <laughs> I, yeah, we- I'm not entirely sure where I got guava from. I know I've had it a couple of times in IPAs in the last like, six well, weeks. A few so. weeks... Yeah, I was going to say, a few weeks back, we definitely did one, yeah. and we talked about um, the Rockstar Energy drink that had the guava. Yeah. That's so right. I, that's why I think you're 100% right, which is why I said I was surprised. Because even though I know what it tastes like, I don't think I'd ever pick it out. <laughs> it's, it's like one of those things like, you know how every once in a while something happens, you're in a conversation or you're reading something or something happens and a word pops into your mind mm-hmm. and you're like, why that word? I don't even know if I yeah. know what that word means. Mm-hmm. And then you look up the word, you're like, oh my God, this was the perfect word for this situation. And, and, it br- and your like brain's a- like, high five. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like... It's like one of those things where it's like you almost feels like it's like a divine intervention, like where it's like someone or something put the word in your mind at that exact moment. It's like because I don't remember even knowing that word. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. same, That's what I'm going through with this. It's like this smells like a thing, and I want to say it's guava, but how could I possibly know that? Because I I don't know what guava is. Right. I don't know what it tastes like. I've never eaten a guava. I, I don't know what a guava, guava looks like. Is a guava eatable? Edible? <laughs> eatable. <laughs> uh, how many how many thuckles is this guava getting? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna go two thuckles on this. I uh, I'm picturing a there's um a thumb for those giving score at home. Uh, <laughs> that, that's the right. there's a so I forget where so I I know where I, I used to go to this place called Croxley's Ale House. Um, we used to go in I think it was in Brooklyn the one that we went to. Uh, there's a couple of them and they do like take 10 cent wings okay and they're really good like or at least when i when i've gone in the past they've been very good and um we used to go after work every once in a while and uh there was just like a i I don't know what the beer was but it was a it was an ipa that had this refreshingly bitter taste which is what i'm getting from this it's got like a nice amount of the bitter that's like but it's it's not like it's like it's not like overly like overly bitter where you can't enjoy it. It's actually the bitterness of it is enjoyable. Yeah, I'm surprised that this is even rating at 60 IBUs because it really isn't even that bitter. Honestly, it just kind of has a little bit of the residual. Yeah, not, but not like it, the drying from it though. Right, right. Well, that's where all that juiciness is coming in. Um, that like fruity, that fruitiness. Um, but what it's remind it's reminding me of a specific beer that I had there, which I don't unfortunately don't remember the name of. But now all that I can think about is just a just a Never-ending plates of ten-cent wings just coming in hot, <laughs> and having those right now would be a delight. Uh, I I ate an obscene amount of wings last week. We uh we went to a wing night, nice. me and uh, my brother and a few of his friends Thursday night, and I was starving. I didn't eat anything. I literally had like an apple that day. You know, it was a long yeah. day work, and I guess I was like the last or second to last person to order. And he was going around. The, you know, we were. We were there for like an hour before we even got to order because a couple of people were late yeah, of and course. whatever. And then it took forever for the food to come out because it was pretty busy. And I want you to bring me all of your bacon and eggs. Actually, someone <laughs> said that too at the table. I want you to bring me all your wings. <laughs> uh, and you know, they were going around and you know, like, my brother ordered like 18 wings and his friend was like, he goes, oh, I'm going all in. I'm going 24. And like I didn't even say anything. I had already established a number in my head before any of the conversation or order happened. <laughs> it came around to me, and I ordered thirty wings. And he was like, 
all right, you dick. Like, you were like, you don't understand. I am so fucking hungry right now. <laughs> Had a couple of beers, need to get some this food. This was in predetermined. Right and yeah. I think he ate like 20 of the 24 wings, and I ate all 30, and like, and his without, without like <laughs> struggle, like, I wasn't forcing the last couple of wings sure. in. Yeah, just like 30 clean and easy. Like, nice. I, like I could have eaten more, and then I would have felt gross. Sure. But, like, but you didn't actually get to the gross no, part. No, I didn't have to. I'm glad I didn't order the extra wings, but I easily could have eaten another 10 wings, but then I would have felt like, oh, God, I'm going to explode. Now, important question. Where is this wing joint that you're at? What do you mean? Where were you? In, in the next town over, the town where I went to high school. No. What is the place <laughs> where, where you ate the wings? Oh, I thought you meant, like, like, did you travel far and wide for these wings? I was like, I don't know, like, the, the bar in our town. What? Like, why do I feel like I'm pulling teeth? Well, I, just I just want to know where to get good wings. It's not like like we live almost two hours apart from each other. It's not like you're going to sure. stop in on a Thursday night. You don't know. So I thought it was weird. <laughs> uh, it's called the Rockwall Tavern. <laughs> okay. And are they known for their wings or they just happen to I mean, have them? I guess they're, they are kind of known for the town, yeah. All right. Nice. Nice. I, 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 need, I need some good wings in my life. It's like a town... Bar, you know I mean, like it, it's like the, sure. it's better than what you're getting at like a chain place. Yeah, like, I mean most like, most uh, most is. <laughs> what's up? Most is better than <laughs> what you're getting at a chain place. <laughs> but uh, that sounds delightful. So you're you're uh, you're two thuckles on this as well. Yeah, I think so. I think that's nice. Right. Well done, Lancaster Hop Hog. Almost, I was almost to a third thuckle, I think. But Ooh. I I think I think probably maybe two and a quarter. Th- <laughs> No, it, it's unacceptable. There are no quarter thuckles. Uh, two, it's two, two, thuckles two thuckles and, and a nail clipping. Two, two thuckles. And One, the the, the, nail the nail top clipping. of that thuckle has a long nail. How about that? A couple of hairs from the back of my thumb. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, cool. You want to get some news and nuggets? Sure. All right. So we don't have much in the line of news and nuggets. Let's kick off with... Uh, well, I'll just, Actually, I'll just I'm, I'm, if, say if you want to do what we want to start off with what we're watching because I'm not really watching yeah. anything. Uh, okay. I'm currently, as we're recording, watching Game Two of the Eastern Conference Finals in the Stanley Cup. It's the Islanders mm. versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you hear an exclamation randomly, it's probably a goal for either team. Uh, sure. It'll be either a happy or angry exclamation. Got it. Uh, Got if it. you Got see it. me like jerk in my seat, that's what it is. Um, and if you see me not reacting at all, you know that sports are on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like that's what's going on because they <laughs> made the conference final for the first time since 1993. So, cool. but is it going to be like an asterisk kind of thing? I mean, I I don't think so. I mean, like they legitimately made mm-hmm. the playoffs. Like they were a playoff team. Sure, there shouldn't be sure. an asterisk. Okay, um, but I don't care. <laughs> okay. You know what? Just curious. Your asterisk can't steal the the, the image of like, my like, I, don't, I, I don't care. But you know what? Go to hell. I'm out. And <laughs> you just hang up. If, oh, they, no. if, if they win the cup, go ahead and try and pull the memory of it out of my brain. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> also, I'm super, uh, right. I'm super psyched for football, which is in like less than 24 hours. It's real. It's happening finally. I can't believe we actually got to this point. I hope for the love of God that it makes it through a whole season because I need some football in my life. I've been doubtful. It. it hasn't felt Doubt- real. It's doubtful. We had some <laughs> fantasy football drafts the last couple of weeks, and now it finally feels real, and oh God, it's tomorrow. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, 
And so, okay, so it's tomorrow. So I give it three to five days before something horribly wrong happens. I mean, it'll probably make it, if it's gonna have a catastrophic ending, I'm gonna give it four weeks. Ow, there was an earthquake here last night. <laughs> Did you feel it? It was a really small one. Kim felt it, yeah. She, well, she was, she had woken up and her and the cats definitely felt it. I woke up after the fact and was like, really on edge and i was like i don't even know what's going on and then when i woke up in the morning and read some stuff i was like (laughs) i guess that's what was going on (laughs) it was only a three point something right like now admittedly it was pretty close to you actually wasn't it yeah yeah was it freehold or something like that yep which is like i don't know 20 minutes (laughs) okay i didn't realize 30 minutes yeah i didn't realize it was that close to you it's it's straight down that way for those i am pointing in a singular direction (laughs) is it the correct direction it is (laughs) (laughs) fun fact um but yeah everything's going to help um three points up then right like that's not that's not real i think it's real for new jersey (laughs) when your house isn't on stilts you're fine Mm. but a lot of houses are (laughs) They were like, we're going to put these things up after Sandy, and now they have to deal with this shit. (laughs) Little Um, fact, (laughs) hurricane snap stilts. (laughs) (laughs) God. All right. Uh, So that's what you're watching. You're watching sports for the... Um, for the time being. I was going to say for the foreseeable future, but that's not true. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's basically true. I mean, because I got baseball, I got hockey for the time. I, I know. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for your optimism. Um. <laughs> well, listen, hockey, hockey is fine. The only thing that's going to stop me from watching hockey is if the Islanders tragically lose their sure. in the conference finals. And, you know, at worst case, they'll only last two more games. I'm hoping. I was going to say, for I, I'm I'm not into sports, but from what I understand, them not winning is a given. Is that it? Wow. Is that? <laughs> I know you got a couple of friends who are Ranger fans, but fuck you. Oh, I mean that's not even what this is about. I I I know nothing except that Islanders fans are pretty jaded. <laughs> that's that's all I got. <laughs> well, I did mention that they haven't made the conference finals in 27 years, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, sure, between 1980 and 1985, they won four straight cups. They're the only team to ever do that uh, in any sport, for that matter. Which is great. It's also the last of them was five years before I was oh, born. Here, here he comes. Um, here he comes with all these facts and figures. This is what they do at the, when they announce things at sporting events, where they're just like, let me pull some random things together that don't really mean much. <laughs> so so since since we have very few news and nuggets, and I'm sure. lamenting and missing the Spin Tune Sports Show, which is still mm. defunct and will be defunct probably forever. And um, also is the only show without a logo. Yeah, uh, that's true. But it is what? a piece of pizza, like a legit piece of pizza that I took a picture of, <laughs> <laughs> and it was delicious. <laughs> okay, so here's why Islanders fans are jaded. So in sure. the '90s, they had new ownership. I believe they called them the Four Horsemen. No, I don't remember what their names are because um, I was a little of kid. The up. Uh- Apocalypse? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, well, it was an apocalypse what happened to the team after that. So they tried to show, sell the team to this guy named Oof. John Spano. And he was super excited. And that's what everyone wanted was ownership that was super excited to be the owner of the team. And he was committing wire fraud to try and buy the team. So he had this little scam where they kept cool. saying, hey, we need to 
prove that you have enough money to buy this. He's like, oh, no, I've, I've got it. I, trust me. I've I assure you. I assure you. Pay I no attention many, to the money behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, I, I assure you I have many millions of dollars. And then he would like, like, okay, well, can can you give us some of it? Like, <laughs> because, like, you're going to buy the team. And I believe he, like, put, like, a tenth of it in escrow. <laughs> he and, said, like, nah, man, that ain't me. <laughs> yeah, he put, like, a tenth of it in escrow. I was like, oh, sorry, the decimal point was just off. It was like, hey, we need ah. you to put up, like, $30 million right now, just to yeah. as good faith, and, like, he put up three or something like that. <laughs> like, I'm making some, I'm making up the numbers, but, like, that was sure. the gist it's of the, It's the gist of it. Yeah, it's fine. And, you know, and then it was like, okay, so, you know, here's here's the thing you could do, just spitball here, is just, you know, have your bank fax us some a information statement. showing you that you have uh, money. Yeah, yeah, bank statements showing you have the money. Sure, totally. And he had, like, somebody who was, like, playing with a broken fax machine that was sending garbled information and it was getting sent and resent and unsent. And he got really close to buying the team and he didn't, he didn't have the money. Sure. Uh, so that, that was a debacle. So then they were just looking for anyone who they could possibly get to, to buy it. And someone bought it and Charles Wang was okay. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible as an owner and he didn't quite have enough money to, to run it like a premier franchise. And we couldn't get a new, arena built and then he hired a gm who was a former player for the boston bruins who was most known for trying to kill a fan with a skate and um um yeah if you want to like look up uh what the hell is his name mike milbury look up mike milbury skate and um (laughs) you'll find a video of him after a hockey game the game wasn't going on after a Mm. game climbing into the stands Trying to beat, oh, sorry, no, not escape, uh, shoe. He, I think he took off one of the people in the stand shoe and was trying to beat him to death with it. Oh, with um, the shoe, yeah, shoe. I, I said skate. It was oh, a shoe. man, that's far. This is a far better story now that it's a shoe, yeah. Uh, well, no, skate, like if he tried to like slash him with the skate, like that would have been pretty, pretty ridiculous too. But just beating him with the shoe is great as well, yeah. I was gonna say, well, one of them is like uh, attempted murder. And the other one is assault. <laughs> Still in so now I feel I feel better laughing about it, knowing that he took a person's shoe yeah. and tried to beat them with it. That was great. And then you that know, like I, if you were to say to someone, "I'm going to beat you to death with your own shoe," that would be funny. Yeah, he tried. <laughs> and then he he uh, he traded three players who were super young, and one of them was a goalie who was a borderline Hall of Famer. One of them is a defenseman who is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And another guy was a forward who had a lovely decade-long career. And we got back one pretty good player who was good for our team for like two years. Um, And then we made the playoffs a couple of times, but then mostly didn't make the playoffs. And then finally he got fired, and then we had another GM. And there was a dark age of about a decade. And then we drafted the first overall pick who was, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Sidney Crosby. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's like, considered like the next best player in the last in the modern era since Wayne Gretzky, like tremendous, tremendous player. And this was like the next next guy like that. And he wasn't quite as good. His name is John Tavares. And he he was very good and he was here for a decade. And then he okay. he he asked us not to trade him and also didn't sign an extension and then walked in free agency. So that was great. Um and we looked like we were going to then go into another decade of Irrelevance after having had a few years in the playoffs, but we hired one of the greatest GMs in all of sports history, Lou Lamorello, and Barry Trotz, who is probably the best current coach in the NHL. And we've been in the playoffs every year since, and we've gone farther in the playoffs than the team that he left us for, the Toronto Maple Leafs, every single year, which is 
just the most delightful and delicious schadenfreude that one can possibly feast on in sportsdom. And uh, yes, yeah, so now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals and uh, they lost game one and they're tied in game two and hopefully they, they win this game and win the, go on to the Stanley Cup Final. It'd be great. It'd be the first time I ever saw in my life. Cool. Well, I hope that it happens for you. Yeah, me too, because the Jets are going to be fucking terrible. So, <laughs> oh, so so you just you just follow these like these teams that are just notoriously have a bad hey, rap. Listen, I'm a Yankees fan, so that that about oh okay helps gotcha. and makes up for the rest of it. Although they are now 11 years since they won the World Series, but still they go to the playoffs mm. every year. It's like sure. you only complain so much. Okay, all right, fair enough. Cool. Well, that's uh, that's that's Binge and Sports Show for this week. Uh, we'll see you Dune. next week, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. Dune trailers out uh, today, yesterday. I'm not even today, sure when, when, when you were listening to this. Not today, yesterday. But or you can before, see it five days before <laughs> or five days ago. Well, um, yeah. yeah, no. When you sent it to me, uh, sorry, I put it on right before you called me for the start of the recording, and it said the, the first video time. was posted like eight hours earlier or something like that. So, oh, okay. all right, so it was today. Um, long trailer. Long trailer, uh, long trailer that didn't bother me though. No, uh, which is good. Uh, very interested. Yes, I am so interested. <laughs> I was like, I was watching it. I was like, I'm getting like this weird nostalgic feeling for something that I have no nostalgia for. <laughs> you were getting nostalgia for a thing that we both didn't really like. Right? <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> like, I think I liked it slightly more, but just because, and I said you know, when we were wrapping up that, okay, I can see how this could be a really good movie. And here's the, here's the answer to how and, it and, could and be a really yeah, good right, movie. That's what I said is I'm really curious to see what an actual, yeah. actually, I don't want to say an actual good director. That's not fair to, to David Lynch. Um, but another good director with probably a much better budget and a much better vision for what they're going into. I'm still confused. It looks like this is a trailer for a complete movie. That's a complete story. I, uh, d- I disagree. Okay. It felt like uh, for just from just from piecing together points of the of the movie, it definitely feels like a first half to me. Maybe it could. There was a couple of things. No, actually, you know what? Based on the what we saw, it looks like it could have ended with them just joining that resistance. Exactly. And I think that's going to be the break. There was like one. There was like one scene where, like in the trailer, that I was like, "Oh, is that a thing that's like kind of after where we said the break would make sense?" But I'm not sure. I just don't remember. I've been too lazy to look up whether or not they're still going forward with the two movie thing. I hope uh, so. Me too. Because that it definitely it was definitely crammed in in the previous. Uh, this is definitely feels like a story. If you're going to tell that whole story, it, it, it's yeah. It's a, it it's feels an like epic. It seems like something really six cool. Hours. It feels like you need five yeah. or six hours, and two and a half hours isn't going to cut it. I completely agree. I will say, I was kind of curious the whole trailer. I was like, "Are they going to show the worm?" It looked pretty badass. And then they showed the worm, and I was like, "They did a good job with that worm." <laughs> <laughs> they did. Oh no, sorry. They did a good job with that spice. <laughs> that's a good worm. That's a good worm. <laughs> that's a good worm. That's, <laughs> that's a good worm. I it is. Have, uh, I do have some awesome. thoughts on on the. While I was watching the trailer, and I was like, two two things that went through my mind. One. I was like, oh, God, I had no idea that what's-his-name was playing his father. Yeah, uh, neither did I. Oscar I assumed either. he was going to be playing the Patrick Stewart role for some reason. Nope, that's that's Josh Brolin, right? That's Josh Brolin, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so or, cool. Or Jason Momoa, one of those two. I don't know that. By the way, I can learn your voice to improve your Alexa experience. Alexa, shut up. Would you like to try- 
Nice. Uh, I didn't, I that, didn't was, know that was plugged in over there. That was really creepy. Yeah, that is that is always uh, unsettling. Yeah, I think the uh, Jason Momoa character, I believe, is the guy that they go to see when they get to Arrakis. But I could be wrong. So that was the guy who was with what's his name? Was it was it Max von Sydow? Was that who it was in that movie? I think so. I'm guess that's my guess for who yeah, it is. Yeah, you might be right. I think you might. Be I right. also had this. They had this cool sword salute thing that I kind of liked. I don't know yeah. what that was, but that was cool. Uh, there was a. I like that they like seeing clips of things that they were gonna do that were like basically almost. Uh, I mean, shot for shot, which I imagine were are very close to how it was written, but like the box that he has to put his hand in, like you got to see basically the majority of that scene, which yes. was really cool too. But like was just all around better. Like it, it was just all of it was better. And, and that was just a trailer. It looked great. It looks really good. Like, I'm very excited for this. Just like it looked really clean, which is the exact opposite of everything that the, the mm-hmm. David Lynch one looked. Everything super dirty in that movie. And we get the one, I think we only got like one real sneak peek of Skarsgård, but um, I was like, it's a good, Which, it's a good casting job. I, was, I, like I thought we're the doing exact here. same thing. Him and Bautista were perfect casting for those creepy motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. All, all for it. Um, I didn't, I don't think I even noticed Javier Bardem in the trailer. Was he in it? Oh, okay. Yes, he was. Uh, I'm fairly certain that he was because I feel like there was a character, there was, I, that makes sense. There was somebody that I saw that was like... Who is that? <laughs> so it might have been. I, him. I don't remember who Stilgar was. <laughs> so, uh, and when does that come out? Did it have a date? It didn't on the trailer. It just said only in theaters. Okay, so we however long it takes, whatever it takes, only in theaters. I'm looking right now. It says on IMDb it says post production expected December 18th. Okay, cool. I'm. Uh, I, I realized while I was watching the trailer too. I totally, totally didn't know or forgot that Jason Momoa and Josh Brolin were in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think all the other major like characters that popped up, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that person was going to be in it. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that person was going to be in it. Oh, I didn't realize who was playing who, other than that Timothy Chalamet was playing uh, Paul. But Right, and we also knew Zendaya was in it. Yeah, no, I remembered she was right. in it. Um, it seems like, though, if I, if I remember all of this correctly... It, that's why I think it's probably going to be a, a, a two-parter because they only had so much to show of her. And I believe it's because we wouldn't really see her character until like maybe a clip in the beginning and then at the very end of the movie before getting a lot more of her made potentially in the second half. I was just a little worried because there's a scene of the two of them standing together with the nose things. Mm-hmm. And that's once he's like cross-side. I think that would be the dream that he's getting in the early part of the movie. I guess that that's true. It could be that you're right. I, I'm that's I mean that's that's me speculating based on the I I really feel like there like if you're gonna do it so far it looks like it's coming together really well. If you're gonna do it this well, just give it the time it needs. Yes. You know, um, but I'm very much looking forward to it. This is definitely like the it's a it's a blockbuster like sci-fi adventure that I'm very much looking forward to. Um, I don't know. Still not sure how I'm going to be feeling towards December. I know theaters are kind of opening up by me, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm looking at David Desmouchin is in this as Peter DeVry, DeVry, DeVry's. I realize. <laughs> I'm trying, yeah, that's Passenger. exactly what I was going <laughs> right there. 
That was exactly Amazing. what I was going for. I'm trying to remember. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought the character was. Yeah, that's probably a perfect character casting as well because he can play creepy and it's the doctor who was with the yeah, yeah. the the creepy people the one who was played by Green creepy, one time. People. <laughs> creepy people creepy people <laughs> creepy people <laughs> yeah cool actually uh, if you think about it considering the way they chose to show off was his name baron something or other baron harkonnen the- the fat guy in the chair. Yeah. And how gross he is generally in that movie. Stellan Skarsgård has done that too in fucking Pirates of the Caribbean. When he's mm. got the when he's like playing like a kind of undead sailor, you know, bootstrap Bill Turner with the starfish yeah, yeah. on the side of his face and everything like that. He's basically played that exact role before. It is that's, it is perfect that's cool. It's kind I I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to it. The, the action sequences looked good. It was Oh yeah. Effects look tight. Yeah. Uh, the I was curious how they were gonna do the um, uh, the bit that like the weirding thing, the weirding module that looks pretty good too. Like they basically like made them like their entire bodies were kind of shimmering. Mm. That was pretty cool, rather than being giant squares. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and then uh, I mean, let's let's be serious. The on a scale of one to ten, this movie's gonna get an entire point on Oscar Isaac's beard. Like, it's ridiculous. It's pretty luscious. It's intense. It's almost as luscious as my hair has become. There, I, I can't remember who. I, I wish I can give credit, but I, I came across a tweet earlier today that just said, like, uh, it said, like, something like, LOL, John Boyega's thirst for Oscar Isaac. And it was a picture of his tweet of the screenshot with Oscar Isaac. And it just says, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, yeah, this is going to be, it, I'm, I'm. Oh, I, I needed something like this to look forward to in the movie world. Uh, granted, obviously, I'm very excited for Tenet, but I don't think I'm seeing it anytime soon, unfortunately. so That just reminded uh, me. I have to find this now while we're still on this topic. I saw this tweet earlier, but I hadn't seen the trailer yet. And it was, do you know who Jason Isbell is? Hmm, I don't think so. He's a country singer. What is it? He's a country singer. No, I do not. Okay. Um, so apparently he's fairly famous. He's like alt-country. Um, like not like the really poppy, like more mainstream country. And so he had a tweet that was making the rounds earlier. It was that Dune trailer looks pretty great. And this is coming from somebody who's had sex. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's funny. Uh, so stupid. But uh, going, getting back to blockbusters, I'd like to talk about Tenet for a minute. Um, with an opening weekend... With 20 million US and 150 million globally during a pandemic, which is pretty impressive to me, considering looking at, I mean, granted, we all knew Tenet was, was probably going to make a lot of money in its, in its opening weekend if it were a time where everybody was going to the movies. Um, there is, I, I, I didn't even have the option to be part of this opening weekend. That's how, that's how I, that's why I find this amount to be very impressive yeah i um i still don't understand why i can't find a drive-in i still don't know why it's not available on drive-in near me because i wonder I if gladly maybe it's not allowed to be played in a drive-in i will gladly give them my money i know to watch it from the safety of my car i meant more of like a, i wonder if like nolan has some sort of like specific ruling about the viewing of his film you think he'd be on board for it because it's a bigger screen than ever than any indoor screen 
That being said, well, maybe maybe some of them, not the one that I went to. Oh, I know there's a couple in my area that like yeah. they are definitively bigger than any indoor screen can possibly be. Mm. Um, that being said, I can understand the possible fears of piracy. Oh, there's that too, I guess. But I will give you my dollars. Sure, I will give you many dollars. I will well, give you I, some dollars. I was torn. I was trying to think like if it's in. If I could see it in the drive-in, am I going to go? I don't know why you wouldn't. I'm just worried. I, well, I, I ultimately, I'd probably decide to go, but I, would, I, want the, like, I want the booming movie theater effect. Sure, but I also don't want to get sick. So I'm- Oh, no, 100%. But I can also get pretty close to that at home when it gets here. But you could watch it now. I know. The thing is, when it gets here, you can watch it at home, too. That's true. Which That's you know true. you will many times. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, like, uh, at the end of the day, this is like, a, this is a silly exercise because I just don't have the option. If I had the option, I probably would have already seen it. Yeah. And I would say don't have the option as in, like, like you said, driving, because I haven't seen that available yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, 20 million opening weekend here. And uh, go. let's go down. I'm going to run. I want to run down his opening weekends. I mean, I'm, I'm sure go, this will these be are, the smallest, like, post. These are... U.S. Uh, openings that I have here. So Tenet, 20 million two. Dunkirk, 50 million five. Now think about, I mean, if you look at that, like it's considering the circumstances, like that's, I feel like that's pretty crazy. Well, the one thing I'll say is didn't Dunkirk have one of those weird staggered openings where like it only opened in like select IMAX Oh, uh, that's a good point. I don't know. It might have. I think it did. I know you came and saw with us. I don't think it was opening weekend, but it was quite early in its run. And well, I had already seen it, so it was definitely not opening weekend. Oh, did you? I actually yeah, I saw it, I saw it opening night. Um, so there was that. Yeah, but uh, no, you're, yeah, you're right. And then uh, so that 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 could have played into it. I actually thought if that might, I thought I was actually not even with Dunkirk. I was thinking something similar because I assumed interstellar would have been higher than this but interstellar was 47.5 yeah no i don't think interstellar didn't perform that well at the box office yeah. remember that was something we kind of questioned when we did our episode because we Ooh. all loved it right and well okay so checking out one more thing uh you love inception yes we all love inception 62 million huh so i, I am now that you say it i am curious if there is a stagger, staggered opening situation with all of his movies because he wants them seen on an IMAX screen. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I mean, Inception is definitely too far back for me to remember. Um, sure. What was the opening weekend on Dark Knight? So that's where it gets interesting. So the Dark Knight is $158 million, which means that it was 100% so, wide release. Yeah, all the other ones had to have had staggered openings because that's, that makes That makes a lot of sense. Batman Begins, $48 million, though. That's um, it was the first because yeah, he wasn't into. really Christopher Nolan yet, and yeah. that series wasn't that series yet, obviously. Yeah, and then uh, Rises was a hundred sixty million, hundred well, basically one hundred sixty one million. Yeah, and coming off the anticipation, of course, which is what, Inception being in between, which is why I would also lean in towards it's yeah. probably a, a limited release opening weekend type situation. And the, the which word is of a good mouth. Point. The word of mouth on Inception was so strong, so it had to have been a limited release. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, especially when you think when you see worldwide box office not opening, it went seven twenty nine. Mm-hmm. So it like it it raked it in. It <laughs> but um, Insomnia twenty million, 
Memento, 235,000. But that was his first feature film, right? Um, there is a movie called The Following that was before that, but I'm not entirely sure what that was. Oh, I've never even heard of that. Sorry, not The Following. It's just called Following. Um, like, the Following was the Kevin Bacon and it was, uh, Foy show. It was one... 1,636 opening weekend. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, no, I never remember that one. Uh, it also said Maximum Theaters 2. Oh. So I wonder <laughs> if, if, if you if you actually do that math, is that the most successful film needs uh, on, on a, <laughs> on a per, uh, per seat basis? <laughs> right, right. Um, that's kind of funny. Oh, yeah, that's actually, I'm kind of curious. Uh, so Maximum Theaters how that maximum theaters number matches up with the opening weekends. Obviously, yeah, the opening weekends that were higher definitely had a, a, an interestingly much larger size maximum theaters. And I don't know if that is um, the maximum theaters doesn't have a gauge next to it. So it seems like it might be as far as the entire run goes, but still it would be indicative that there was a smaller number of them early on. Yeah. But cool. Yeah. That's what well, I was. I, mean, I, I just I, thought that was interesting. I didn't remember for all of them, but I for sure remember Dunkirk was an IMAX opening because it was shot in IMAX, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, the majority of his movies in some at, at some capacity are shot for that. But I, I, I but it, it's gotten more and more so as time's gone on, and that was the first one I remember specifically. They were like, if you don't watch, like the the, the Dun- Dunkirk, almost- I, th- I I think it was the whole thing. Yeah, that was what I was saying. Like, that was the first one that I think that was like, it was 100% yeah. of it. And the marketing felt like the Talladega Nights, like, if you don't chew Big Red, then fuck you. Yeah. Where it's like, if you don't watch this movie in IMAX, then fuck you. That's that's true. I will say for Interstellar, I know that, they, I don't know if it's, I actually, Interstellar might be the whole thing as well. Maybe not the whole thing. That was the um, other one that I thought was, I, I felt like it was, but I don't remember for yeah, sure. I do know that I have a, um, I have a film clip from it, like an actual clipping of film from the movie um, as part of like some special edition that I purchased, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Like, a, like almost like a negative, basically. You and your special editions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I don't own a movie once, it's because I own it four times. <laughs> but, I, uh, I don't own every movie, but when I do, <laughs> I own it four times. I own them a lot. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, do you have any other news and nuggets? Uh, yes, I have a very small one. Uh, it's going to come off slightly odd because um, I think I mentioned a week or three ago that season two of The Boys was imminent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out this past week. I haven't watched any of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> but I have one other thing to say about it. Okay. So apparently they released the first three episodes. Oh. Which I didn't know they were going to do that. They, okay. I don't, I don't recall them ever announcing they were going to do that. And I don't know if they're then weekly releasing the rest of them. I just don't know. That's weird. I feel like if you weren't ready to release them all, don't. Or if you're going to do it episodically, do it episodically. That too. Although, <laughs> actually, that's, that's not totally fair. They're trying to one-up um, Hulu. Slash FX on Hulu. Sorry, Brian. Um, because that's been the model since FX on Hulu became a thing. Where they release the first two episodes of a thing and then go weekly. Oh, so, so Disney Plus, I believe, started that, right? With The Mandalorian. 
But that's the only thing they've done it with, I think. Well, I know, but they start. I mean, it's also like their only show. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know they have other stuff. Yes, I believe you're, I believe you're <laughs> correct. Well, no. They released them on back-to-back days, didn't they? Oh, you might be right. I think you could only watch... Or, no, sorry. It was twice in the first week. It was like Tuesday for The Mandalorian, and then like Friday, and then every yeah. day was Friday after that. So, yeah. Um, FX slash FXX has started doing that for the last couple of years, and now everything that's come out on FX and other things on Hulu that aren't dropping all together, <laughs> they, they, they put the first two episodes. Remember, devs, they gave us the first two episodes that first day, and then it was right. weekly after that. That's right. Yeah. Interesting, but there's no word though you're saying on there. There may be. I don't. Okay. I haven't found it. Uh, gotcha. I haven't had the time to watch the show, let alone find out about it. I just know my brother watched the first three episodes of the first day it was out last Friday. <laughs> I went, oh man. <laughs> well, so here's how I experienced, it. or maybe it was Thursday. I forget. Uh, here's how I experienced it: is he said, "Oh, I watched the first three episodes of the boys," and he's like, "You know, it took a minute to get started, but you know, that's not uncommon for second seasons of shows that are like unexpected hits." <laughs> Right, yeah. Where it's like, hey, we got to kind of reframe what's going on. Not like it's a reboot or anything, but like they yeah. expanded the cast, expanded the scope of the show. And so that's not, that's not unexpected for that to, to take a second to get going. He goes, by the third episode, he's like, yeah, like this is going. But he didn't say that was all available. He just said, <laughs> I watched the first three episodes. And by the end of the third, I was super excited. I was like, okay, cool. And then I found out like two days later that that was all that was out. And I was like, did you know? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, that was all that was there. I was like, and you didn't that's, think to bring this up. <laughs> that's funny. I, I like the I like the uh, the angle that he just didn't even question it and has no and doesn't doesn't care or care to think that there may be or may not be more. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I, I, I know it's the first three, but I don't know if there will be more. <laughs> there, there will have to be at some point, but like the messaging on this show has always been. It seemed that like they finished it, so mm. I I guess I didn't watch it. I'm going to say, quote, unquote, live when it came out last year. I think me and him watched it maybe a month after it dropped. <laughs> so I don't know what the exact release schedule was, but I just assumed, like, Amazon has only done, like, they dump. Yeah. drop, like, mm-hmm. seasons, to my knowledge. Like, uh, I don't think they've done anything episodically like that. Yes, from what I understand, that's the same for me. Um, yeah, interesting. I still, I definitely a show I want to check out. I'll have to, I'll have to give that a run. Yeah, I think you enjoyed it. It's 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 good. Yeah. It's interesting. I did a I did a review for uh, the Spin Tune on that. It was pretty mm-hmm. well received, I think, from what I remember. Shall we get into some fun and games? Yes, please. All right. Well, Al, have I got the quiz for you? Which vampire from what we do in the shadows are you? Oh, perfect. Approximately, how old are you? Eight thousand, and the bags under my eyes can attest to that. <laughs> Almost nine hundred. But I look 16. <laughs> That's from the movie. 379. In my 30s. 28, but I'm going to live forever. Super young, like 183, and still in my rebellious phase. <laughs> I'm going to go with 28, but I'm going to live forever. And that's only because preparations have begun for me and Caleb's 30th birthday, which is approaching rapidly. Yep. Okay. Uh, this is ridiculous. Choose a bed. I'm going to describe these beds to you. One is a just a delightfully comfy, what looks to be uh, king size, if not larger, bed with a lot of pillows. Looks very comfortable. One is a black, slightly charred coffin. <laughs> One is a red, uh, like 
red oak, nicely finished coffin. One is uh, like a nice pine finished coffin with a lot of edging work. One is a just a kind of like a like a beechwood coffin. Uh, I know a lot about wood now, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you built one bike rack, and now you know everything about wood. One is a beechwood coffin with these like uh, like like rhinestone cross inlays, and one is just a box, <laughs> like old school Wild Wild West pine box. Like yeah, with just like a little little lever, little lever lock on it. We go with the huge king size bed. Huge king size, fair I've enough. Lived, I've lived my whole life with a pathetic. What's your favorite thing about What's your favorite thing about Stu? He's he's a murderer. He gets technology. He has big red cheeks. He's a vegetarian. He has warm human hands. He's a virgin. <laughs> we go with the the rosy red cheeks. Okay. Look at him with his rosy red cheeks. <laughs> Ch- choose an enemy. The beast. <laughs> Nuns, Twilight, Vampire Hunters, Werewolves, or Humans. The stock image that they chose for humans is perfect. Oh, yeah? It is uh, a bunch of older folks playing golf together. (laughs) It's great. I'm going to go with Vampire Hunters. Vampire Hunters, of course, of course. What's your best trait as a flatmate? I always recycle. I do I do the dishes only every once every five years or so. I bring over human guests. I'm just a fun sociable guy. I offer fashion advice because we don't have reflections. <laughs> I mostly just keep to myself. Uh, I'm gonna say I, I'm fun and sociable. I was a little confused though because why are the clothes invisible? Yeah, I don't know. Like I feel like the clothes should have been there just looking like they're floating. By the way, them making like the marionette like clothes mannequin Mm -hmm. and moving it around to like display the outfit was incredible. Absolutely. Completely agree. Um, Choose a hobby. Knitting, hooking up, flying, scrapbooking, partying, software development. (laughs) Uh, Flying. Okay. Choose a vital part of your vampire look. Bl- <laughs> Blouses, a unique jacket, fangs, a good head of hair, a menacing expression. I actually prefer a pre-dead aesthetic. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with flowing hair. Okay. Also, that was, that was probably, I forgot her name, but the familiar, that was probably the familiar's best line. They don't even wear shirts. They wear fucking blouses. Yeah. <laughs> which, which food do you miss the most? Chips, salad, chocolate, burgers, spaghetti. I don't miss any food. You pronounced that second, third time. Sorry. Paschetti? Paschetti, yeah. Paschetti? <laughs> burgers. <laughs> How are you most likely to die? Killed by a vampire hunter after giving him my email? Disemboweled by werewolves? Accidentally falling asleep with the curtains open. Hereditary heart disease. Uh, wait, can, can vampires <laughs> die from hereditary heart disease? I'm going to say fall asleep with the, cl- with the curtains open. Okay. All right. You got Nick. You're okay. Twilight. You're Dracula. 
You want to scream it from the rooftops. You're living the ideal vampire life, and you've even got your best friend by your side. It was hard fitting in with the older vampires for a while, but now you definitely feel like one of the guys. Pretty soon, you'll stop missing missing good food, and maybe they'll even let you move into Peter's room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. With that, let us get into our flick of the week. What We Do in the Shadows. Released in 2014, rated R at an hour and 26 minutes. This is your IMDb synopsis. Viago, Deacon, and Vladislav are vampires who are finding that modern life has them struggling with the mundane. Like paying rent, keeping up with the chore wheel, trying to get into nightclubs, and overcoming flatmate conflicts. This movie is a welcomed treat. <laughs> Alex, just the, give me just your, the whole the whole what we do in the shadows universe. Is, uh, universe. Yeah, it's it's exactly what you need today. Yes, 100%. something that is. I mean, it's dark in a way that doesn't actually wear on you because it's like you can't help but laugh when people are getting eviscerated. Yep, and the stakes never feel too high. It's just a good laugh. It's the type of show slash movie that you want to pay attention to because there are so many stupid little things. You don't want to miss them. That you don't want to miss. Yep. I but it doesn't feel agree. like a chore. No, it's, it's, at, it's engaging and entertaining. And especially at 86 minutes, like it fucking flies. Oh, yeah, 100%. Why, okay, hit me with your tweet length review. You ready? Yep. Ridiculous. <laughs> Awesome. That's kind of like the cover art, uh, the cover poster, which is like a post review poster that they put together. That is all of the different outlets that reviewed it. And one quote from each of them that just says hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's your score? Eight out of ten. All right. Nice. Nice. I said uh, rough around the edges, but enough of a quality first draft to have its roots cemented in the incredibly polished follow up reboot series. That. Seven out of ten. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Where it's like, there are some storylines in this movie that were literally ripped from the Oh, yeah, one for one. Put into the show in the first or second season. Yeah. Uh, there are other things that were very clear inspirations for that. Um, even, like, the characters, there's a lot of similarity. Well, specifically between Viago and Vladislav, there's a lot of similarities. Even if you want to say they kind of blendered them up and re configured like them Nando into, and Laszlo. into Nando and Laszlo. I 100%. wouldn't say it's exactly the same between Nadja and Deacon, but still no. there's... Um, it's funny. It's almost like Nadja is like a, an interesting, like it, it, it rounded out the cast in a really nice way. Well, I think they just realized just doing three dudes, especially yeah, when you yeah, have it got, like, it a got dude familiar and like other people are predominantly going to be dudes like yeah. at least one woman in here. And it allowed them, like, because honestly, after a certain point, <clears throat> Deacon's just the hothead. Yeah. Like, there isn't really a lot up until the He's end. He's the bad boy of the group. Yeah. Up until the very <laughs> end. Up until the very end, there wasn't really much for him to, like, do to stand out. Yeah. Like, his for little sure. sit down with Nick at the end was really the only defining bit of him <laughs> for the final two thirds of the movie. Which is, like, absurdly endearing for a really goofy movie. Yes. <laughs> um, so Naja just gets to be something different. And even like one of her storylines is, is, is ripped right off from, um, from Viago's, the whole thing where she's creepily standing outside of Gregor's 
thing is very similar to him standing outside oh, of Catherine. Sweet Gregor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it it really is. It's a it's a treat. I it's funny because I feel like it's I say it's a really good first draft, and that's not to disparage it. Like it's it is it's a it's good. It's a lot of fun. It's just that the show is so much better. Yeah. I well, uh, I mean, you said the budget was $1.6 million and you thought that seemed too high for this yeah. movie. And yeah, it does look cheap. The show yeah. doesn't, except for when they're intentionally making it look cheap, right. which are all of the, the effects that they make look exactly the same as in this movie. But, and that's actually one of my notes on here is no matter how many times they do the stupid, terrible floating and hissing it never gets old to me it's funny oh, every time. it never gets old never and <laughs> the hissing is my works. favorite thing ever in this whole in this whole thing this whole well, universe the, the hissing is great but the terrible floating is so great to me too and mm-hmm. it looks terrible in the movie but you can understand with only 1.6 million dollar budget it looks terrible in the show but it's just so that it looks exactly the same as it does in the movie yep and that's why it's endlessly hysterical to me is because it always looks so bad yeah and it's so bad that it's good I think it's funny because, like, I don't know if you've ever gotten the chance to see a comedian do stand-up before, like, while they're on tour prior to a special that they record. But you don't often get the experience of seeing the joke go from, like, good to really polished. And that's where a lot of it... actualized. Yeah, and that's where, like, I feel like a lot of the stuff in the show is at. It's, like, the polished version of what they tried to do in the movie. And it was very funny in the movie. It's even more it's like it's like perfectly timed and perfectly delivered in the show so it's it's very i i just think they did such a good job uh they the characters have all of these ridiculous characters have some sort of a weird absurd chemistry that just works so well yeah they all play off each other so good yeah especially i thought any time it's two of them together i think mm-hmm. they did a really great job i think sometimes when there's three of them, one person kind of gets pushed off to the side. It's not always the same person either. Yeah, they're just kind of there sometimes because yeah. it's a, it's usually like a one on one. Because it seems like a lot of the dialogue seems to be written directed like one person at the other. So it does. Yes, it, I could see that being like, uh, like, like one of the, the other one in the one shadows. Of the, <laughs> one of the few times that actually I thought it worked really well was it actually starts almost as one to one with the person, but it's intentional, and it's mm-hmm. when they're arguing about the chore wheel and. Like, Viago is talking at Deacon, and Deacon's just kind of, like, blank-faced. And then Vlad, like, backs him up, and it's just the two of them riffing. And then finally Deacon snaps, but, like, you can see it, like, wearing on him on his face. So it was actually, like, really good with the three of yeah. them together, even though two of them are really talking for most of the scene until he snaps. And then they do right, the right. hissing and the floating and the... <laughs> so stupid, the hissing. I love it so much. Uh, there is something I, I don't... I'm so glad we found Taika Waititi because there he's one of those people. There's a handful of actors that didn't do this. There's, I'm sure you have a handful of friends that are like this as well. But you just see them and you start to laugh before they even do anything. Well, part of it is whether he's acting or not, he has an incredible facial range. Yeah. <laughs> he makes some of the greatest, most hysterical faces. It doesn't matter whether he's wearing fangs or not. It yep. doesn't matter if he has ridiculous gray hair or slicked back black hair. It doesn't matter whether he's got a Hitler mustache and Hitler clothes on or he's a vampire with right. like, silk like blouse. He 
does a great job with like just changing up his face, making these funky faces. I think he does it intentionally just like goes through like cycles through ranges of it just to see what moment you'll crack. Yeah, that's a hundred percent what it seems like. Uh, and it, for me, it is the moment he's on screen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm cracking up. <laughs> he's just, he's so funny. It, you know what it is? Also, they, they perfectly timed it. They kicked the movie off with him coming out of the coffin slowly rising not making it all the way up and then having to go a little bit further <laughs> and the way that he looks at the camera and grins it, it immediately i was hysterical well because like so many times like it too it, like it feels like he's like a puppy dog like he's got like this like innocent yep. like energy about him even though he's like a murderous vampire but even that he finds a way to like spin it to being like 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 i said like innocent and like almost joyful where it, you know he's like you know, oh, when I'm going to feed on someone, I like to take them out, do a whole thing, you know, make sure they have a really great time because, you know, it's the end of their life, you know. And then yeah. <laughs> he takes that woman out on the date and then he, he puts the little paper her. down. Yeah, he puts, puts the, the handkerchief on. He goes, oh, oh we should God. put this away. And she's like super excited. Like, oh, wow, he's awfully forward. But like, yeah, I'm like, I'm into it. And then like he like bites her neck and like just a tremendous amount of blood flow. Yeah. Like, and, and he, he starts panicking. He's panicking. The thousand yard stare he gives after he's done, where he's just sitting there with his hand in his head. Oh, I got the major artery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just drenched in blood. The blood is everywhere. And then they come back to him giving his final thoughts in the interview. All of this has been said into the camera. He goes back to the final part. He's cleaned up and he goes, I think she had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that 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 is one of the things that like it, it's so funny because it, on its own it could be hysterical, but I, I'm not always a fan of the mockumentary style. I think it really fits for the movie. Actually, it I actually think it fits s- much better for the movie that does the show, and you can see. I, I for agree. The most part, for the most part, especially once it gets into the second season, the show tends to distance itself from that format a little bit. With yep. a couple of exceptions, did you make it to the Jackie Daytona episode yet? Not yet, no. Oh my god, I can't wait till you watch that. I, 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 I may be pausing. I, want to, I want you to call me up when you're going to watch it. Okay. And I want us to put a call on, and I want to watch it too. So That's how good I, it is. It's, it's going to take a minute, and the reason being is I'm going to be restarting the series. What? Because oh, Kim, Kim watched, she watched the movie. I've been saying this from the beginning. And you're like, and I'm like, in what world? She was like, it was pretty funny. I was like, if you liked that, like if you thought that was good enough to keep you, like I was like, you're going to love the show. <laughs> it, it is just a more polished version. I, yeah. I think every single bit is funnier. Some of the bits in the movie were really great. Yeah. I actually thought, and I guess this is kind of my favorite moment. Um, a couple yeah, of hit me. Any of the heightened action scenes, specifically the two, like the one where they're hunting Nick down, bef- like before he's a vampire. And oh, then the oh Peter got him. Oh, Peter got him. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so much, and like I want to go into it again, like deeper in a minute. But like, yeah, like just so I wanted to highlight that, and then the scene at the end when the when the werewolves are going nuts. And oh like yeah, they're hunting them down. Yeah, both of those scenes were so incredible. The this the frenetic energy. Yeah, totally shit show. Like, and it, they can get away with it being a shit show because it's supposed to be documentarians watching a bunch of people not watching people being brutally murdered mm-hmm. you know yeah, <laughs> so you expect so them to I, lose I, some I, stuff with the handheld camera 
I want to get into like all of these specific scenes, but before doing that, I do want to say like like if you're if you're fans of us and like the stuff that we like, then this is for you. And you have to you. I know it took me a minute to get into it, but uh, you should. I honestly, I like the way that I did it. I would watch the first season of the show, go back and watch the movie, see how this all came about, and then go into the second season. It's a yeah. great way to. It's a great way to mix it up. I mean, honestly, I guess maybe I kind of. No, maybe it was better doing it this way because, like, maybe I would have been slightly disappointed if I watched the movie first and then watched the first season because, like, oh, they're doing this bits again. Mm-hmm. Now going back and seeing the origin, it feels like it's safe because, like, this kid yeah. has been ripping that off, and I don't really feel like it's because to establish is like, oh, like this worked, like let's do it again to set up what we're doing. And right. it wasn't only that, obviously, in the show. Like they do a lot of other things too, but they did a lot of those things. But yeah, no, I was just surprised why you push back. Like you didn't think Kim would like it. I was like, because yeah, I don't like. She likes like clever. Okay, so funny it, well, that's, stuff. that's the thing. It's clever masquerading around is dumb though. Yes, and I think sometimes it's hard to break through that. Well, not requires, saying this show in general. That shtick is a little hard to break through sometimes. It, well, it's just you have to have faith. Like if it works, there's a reason it works, and that reason yeah. is in order to write really stupid jokes, you have to be really smart. Yeah. And this gets it like it's like I look at the same way as Arrested Development. There are a litany of stupid fucking jokes in that show. But you have to be so smart to execute them. A lot of Parks and Rec is like that as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, So I would even say Parks and Rec. I love Parks and Rec. I would say it sometimes leans into the stupid, like a little bit more, almost to the point where like sometimes it's not actually that clever, and it, some of the jokes are just stupid. But it's okay because it's it it's mixed nicely with the rest of the clever writing. <laughs> well, also most of those tend to be the improv jokes anyway. And that's true. Like it's a lot of it's like Andy being <laughs> like one hundred and ten percent too stupid. Sure. And it's like okay, that couldn't have been written down. That's oh my god! Clearly, I, if like, you just riffing. For people that are into Parks and Rec, even if you're not, you should watch some blooper reels, even if you haven't seen the show, because there's some amazing stuff that happens there. There's one in particular where Andy is pretending to be uh, Burt Macklin and he, uh, FBI, and he throws a suitcase. He gets up with stuff that he needs and he throws the suitcase behind him and it hits the lights and it turns the lights off in the room and it is completely on accident. <laughs> and it's really good. But uh, that that show that show cracks me up too. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. let's get into some more more spoiler territory stuff. Uh, hitting back on your favorite. Let's start with your favorite moment again. Yeah. So <laughs> part of why, especially the first scene with Nick, is like you realize like oh wow they're just like this is a good night out for them and yeah. like they're having a great time doing this thing. There's first of all like before the antics really pick up right. It's serve them their dinner and yeah. it's, do you like biscotti? Yeah. Do you like Pascetti? And it's, that, I that I can't even say it, even though I know what he's saying. Like because I know how to say spaghetti, for some reason it's so hard for me to say it in the way that you just said it. <laughs> I've tried well, it before. <laughs> it, it's that was really the only time that they let uh, Deacon really shine. Yeah, comedically. Do you like Pascetti? You know, and he's doing yeah. like an accent. <laughs> he's doing two different accents at the same time somehow, and yeah. then he comes, you know, and he does. You know, Oh, how do you like your worms? And he freaks out and he goes, "Yeah, I stole that from the Lost Boys." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think my 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 favorite part about that scene is actually there's the understated lines from the other people in the room, including Nick, where he's like, "I mean, I like I like spaghetti. Yeah, usually when it's warm." 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so then they, you know, they go through the whole thing, and then one of the other great like jokes in this is, and it's a freakout moment, but it's a callback as well. Is when they were like still doing the bio on like all of like the main vampires. Um, they're talking about Vlad, and they said he used to be so powerful. You know, as when he's struggling to hypnotize that guy through the window. Uh, or two different, a woman and a man, and then he, then he knocks on the window. <laughs> the second one, he tried to, you know, oh, he used to be so powerful, but he had uh, a confrontation with his sworn enemy, the Beast, and he's never been the same since then. You know, he used to be able to hypnotize anyone, and now he can't hypnotize anyone. You know, he used to be able to turn into any animal at the time. But and now he can't quite get the face right. No, he can't quite get the faces <laughs> right. And then during that scene, there's a cat, and it's just got Dramiko. It's so good. So it's a, also in that scene where they're when they're chasing him through the hallway and it's just like the three of them floating in a triad after him. It's really just That's what I'm saying. It was all of this ridiculousness at the same time. Then there's a bat flying around him, he loses track of the bat, and it's Deacon and he's in his backpack. Oh, that was gold. That he's, was... Just, he's just climbing out of his backpack. That was the best special effects in the movie. Yes. That was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> and then after all that, Peter just comes flying out of the woods, tackles him, and like drags him off into the woods. And it's like, uh, like you said, oh, Peter got him. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and just Peter that whole scene, him. it was ridiculous. Like, I'm just, I'm cracking up. It's supposed to be horrifying. And yeah. like, some of it is, but in a funny way. Right, right. I, I also like uh, during the, while they're sitting around the dinner table, and uh, it's like, are you a virgin? And uh, he's like, no. And the familiar is like, well, he was a virgin when we were dating. And he's like, yeah, but we were 12. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they do a cut. This is what my favorite thing about the mockumentary style is when they cut in the middle of something that's going on to a post interview. And they cut and they cut to, um, I think they cut to Deacon. And he goes, I think we drink virgin blood because it sounds cool. Scracked <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> me up. I will say that led to, um, this is not my favorite. This is probably my second favorite thing, which actually was a Deacon thing. Uh, it's he's in a, he's in an interview style thing and they're doing a flashback and it's his whole explanation of how he became a vampire. And I have the quote here, if you'll allow me to read it. He says, one day I was selling my wares and I walked past this old creepy castle and I look at it and I think, very old and creepy. (laughs) And then this creature flies at me. It dragged me back to this dark dungeon and bit into my neck. And just at the point of death, this creature forced me to suck its foul blood. And then it opened its wings like this. And he like spreads his his hands up and he goes, and it hovered above me screeching, now you're a vampire. And it was Peter and we're still friends today. They pull out. Doesn't he do they, a terrible overdone laugh during the middle of that too? I think like, so. Yeah. He's going. Like, now you're a vampire. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. And my favorite part about that is though the the documentary they they, they pull the camera out and, and he just there. looks over and he's talking and Peter's right next to him. It's so good that that cracked me up. But my I think my absolute favorite scene is when the cops come and Viago who is not great at hypnotism and is afraid that it's going to wear off at any moment, manages to hypnotize them just enough that they can't realize the worst thing that's happening in each room. But yes. they realize, they notice some things. <laughs> well, like, they notice the dead bodies and they're just like coming up with a, like, 
oh, like, he must have had too much to drink. You can't let it, like, he's going to have a terrible day tomorrow. You should take care of him. I look at that concrete slabs on him. Oh, yeah, he's going to be very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I, my, I think my favorite one was when they're in the kitchen. The cops are in the kitchen, and, uh, and Nick is up against the corner of the ceiling. Floating. And one of the cops lifts his flashlight, and he goes, what the? What do we have there? What's going on here? And you're like, uh-oh. And he goes, there's no smoke detectors in this room. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of was the scene from Clue when they had the dead body. Yeah. I think it might have been two or three at that point in the, the whatever. They're doing the dance and the makeout session. and the, yeah. yeah, they're making out. And, you know, and, and there's like two people who are alive. Just and a Mr. few Starling people having a good time. That's all. <laughs> yeah, or Professor Plum, whoever it was. And like, they're yeah. making out. And, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he's just having a good time. They're clearly corpses. They're doing a weekend of yeah. thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. He's floating in the corner. Deacon is floating and, and Vlad is holding his like leg back to keep him from going up and so killing good. Him. And it's like they're just like totally deadpan the whole time. It's I, I love it. I love it. And uh every I think honestly, like that was all fun. It definitely led to going down into the basement to seeing all the horror that was down there. But Every every bit of story that revolved around Peter was the best part of the story. <laughs> like him, him being set on fire and then trying to put him out and then g- getting very emotional and yelling at them to turn the cameras off because they were in distress. <laughs> yeah, so good. And also it kind of fits into too what I was saying with like just like whenever there was action like with like the doc- like that whole thing was actually really gripping where he's Thrashing around on fire, and like one of them's trying to go down, and he's like pulling him back, and then the other, yeah, Vlad's running back and forth with the water, the kettle of water, one kettle of water, one kettle, yep, throws it almost none of the water gets on him, and it didn't matter anyway because it was too late. Oh my god, so so silly. And then, uh, the other stuff that the other things that really stood out to me is just any scene with Stu, really, and just they're basically how much they love Stu compared to Nick. There First was, off, it, it wasn't exactly the same for sure, but there were shades of their relationship with Stu in like how they treated Haley Joel Osment. Oh, a hundred percent. Yep, in the, the premiere of season two. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Which is a great episode. Yes, um, so good. The, uh, the necromancer, <laughs> the Ben Stu Wong, stuff was the necromancer. Was that with Ben Wong, the necromancer? Oh yeah, <laughs> Benedict Wong. Yeah, ben yeah, Wong? yeah, Benedict. Uh, yeah, but BD Wong is the one from Jurassic Park and mm-hmm. Bene- the robot, and Benedict Wong is Benedict the one Wong. from Doctor yeah. Strange and The Martian. So funny! Uh, I was like, "Who is like? I know you. Who is this?" And then I, right. I looked it up and I was, I knew it was someone. I couldn't remember who it was. Um, I had a couple other things. Another one of the scenes that I really enjoyed, just because it was like it cracked me up, and it also reminded me of something else. Was you remember the scene when they first find out Nick's a vampire? Mm-hmm. Or is it the first time he's coming back since like they've accepted he's a vampire and he's trying to fly through the window and he can't. Oh my god. And he's like going feet first. Yes, but be- right before that, Deacon is dancing. And he certainly is. The two of them are watching and Viago is doing a good job of pretending that he hates it and Vlad is doing a terrible job of pretending that he hates it, but both of them are quietly watching. And while he's dancing and with the ridiculous music, and by the way, the music and all of this was ridiculous. It all sounds exactly the same. It all makes me very uncomfortable. Um, but the whole scene with him dancing reminded me of James Gum in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Oh, my that. God. <laughs> right? <laughs> so 
stupid. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm looking through. I know that I, um, in the IMDb quotes, they definitely pulled that. that He has a great line in that scene. Does he? I don't uh, remember. And I'm trying to remember. Uh, I know he says something. He rips on Nick for like distracting them while he was dancing. Yes, that's like that. that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm see if I can pull it up. But uh, no, you're you're a hundred percent right. That's <laughs> that's what that is exactly what the scene reminded me of. Um, I can't I can't find it. But uh, yeah, he, he says something along the lines like I was I was doing my seductive dance and they were really into it and you ruined it. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. there was a bunch of really good lines that are like just like super understated or deadpan or totally over the top and ridiculous. I, there's another, I mean, we covered a couple of them. I have another few that cracked me up. Yeah. Um, the setup that Vlad is supposed to be Vlad the Impaler. And he says, you know, I used to drive things through, or I used to stab my, uh, my victims or my enemies, or whatever. He goes, they used to call me Vlad the poker. And the and poker. Like, oh, come on. And then later there's a, a reference to it with like how, when we find out that the beast is actually his ex-girlfriend and like uh-huh. a normal like woman vampire, but, and she, you know, she's, he says, Oh yes, we got into a terrible fight. And then she impaled me on a, something or a lamppost or something like that. Yeah. But between that, he's trying to, who was he trying to find online? I don't even remember. Who it was. <laughs> I knew that's where you're going. The Facebook where he teaches him how to use Facebook and he goes, yes, you can message them or poke them. And they just all sound stops and they turn to the camera. <laughs> well, that's what well, because Stu doesn't know because he didn't hear that story, right? And Stu's on the right. computer, and Vlad is looking over his shoulder, right? And he says, "He goes, oh yeah, we can message her or we can poke her." And Vlad just turns to the camera with this devilish grin. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was that was gold. Yeah. So, it, oh my god. Uh, there was a speaking of understated lines with Vlad when he was when he doesn't want to go to the party. Leave me to do my dark bidding on the internet. What are you bidding on? I'm bidding on a table. Yes, that was another one I had. That was such a great play on words. Also, that, that makeup, what the hell is he wearing? I, I don't even know. I, uh, but then when he said that, I was hoping that we would get into some dark readings at some point in the movie. We never really got there, but I, all I could think about was the show. Dark readings. This is dark, greetings, dark readings, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. I had uh, one other one. Um, Hang on a second, I gotta find it here. Oh, this was just stupid, but it made me laugh. When they get the invitation to the Unholy Masquerade, and he's reading it out to all of them, and it's before Vlad finds out that he isn't the guest of honor and that the Beast is going to be the guest yeah. of honor. Also, I love that every time they say the Beast, they show that same terrible sketch yeah, yeah. With, the, with the creepy music. That but, and it's a like a weird thing. bear thing with genitals on his chest. Yeah, it's like up in the center, like, uh, like very somewhere on like the like the the solar plexus. I want to say, like just below the chest, just above the stomach, like, and that whole sketch thing with the ancient sketches that they did both in the movie and the show. I love that; it cracks me up like mo- like ninety percent of the time when they do that uh-huh. uh, when they're doing like history things. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so he's reading off the invitation to the unholy masquerade, and he goes. You know, please RSVP. You know, the event is on June sixth at six p.m. And he goes, six six six. Oh, that's great. They, uh, 
There's, I came across, while I had pulled up the quotes and I came across a couple other ones that I want to share with you. Uh, one, which is a, another perfect Viago quote, which is him, him hearing what's like hearing the potential issue, but not making the appropriate association. And that is when he says, some people freak out a bit about the age difference. They think, what's this 96 year old lady doing with a guy four times her age? <laughs> That's a, that's a classic, like, bait and switch, like, yep. comedy setup. <laughs> I love it. The whole um, reveal, I was wondering the whole time what the, because you knew it wasn't just going to stand as normal, like, what the whole reveal with the Beast was going to be. It yes. turns out as his ex, and she's, like, relatively normal, that was all funny, but she's, like, super, like, shitty and snarky and all that, but everyone else seems to love her. Yeah. He shows I, up with that ridiculous mask, and somehow his face is normal again, even though he had aged 400 years before that. <laughs> That was so good. The them, them realizing that Stu is human is also a great series of events inside at the party. Yeah, I, I was watching that whole scene. I was like, did they give him clearance because he's clearly the only human there, and like, can't all of these things be able to smell him? And like, well, and then the, the zombie does way too long to figure yeah. it out. The first person who realizes it right is is what was her name? Is it Pauline or something like that? Was that was that the beast's name? Uh, the beast is Pauline. Yeah, yeah. Pauline's like, oh, such warm hands. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, warm hands. And then eventually they get Rosie him cornered. Cheeks, uh, you know, yeah. that, uh, there was a, there was something else she said too. The, yeah, then he wants off, and the, the the zombie says, "Are you pre-deceased?" <laughs> That's so good. They pull him. So they pull him in there. They keep him protected, and uh, they I forget how it comes up, but like they ask him like what he does, or like and he and. He goes, I work for a company uh, that basically we like take business requirements for organization. And Pauline goes, he's a virgin. He's a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, and here's a great, this is a great Deacon comeback. Uh, a vampire, which in the next, uh, in that same scene goes, I can smell a virgin from a thousand paces. And Deacon goes, go then. Go a thousand paces away and smell yourselves. Yes. <laughs> Oh man! So one group of characters that we have not touched on yet, which uh, are tremendous, is the werewolves. Yes, and also uh, by the way, I know we talked about it very briefly, briefly when you watched the episode with the werewolves. Yeah, him defeating him with the squeaky toy uh, is one of the best anticlimactic jokes I've ever seen. It is. It's so good. It's. Uh, it was rivaled in the movie by the line when when they're when they're starting to transform, and one of the werewolves goes, "Oh fuck." And the other werewolf from across the room, from across the forest, goes, "Hey, we're werewolves, not werewolves." <laughs> well, they did it earlier, right? They did it when yeah. they first ran into each other when they were out on the town. Yeah. And he says, "He says, I forget what it was." He said, "Like, oh, like you're a bitch or something like that." He's like, "You know, hey, hey werewolves, not werewolves." And he's yeah. the whole thing. And yeah. then, like, what's his name? Who I? Like, there's the only real quote unquote real actor in that movie that like wasn't the main group. Is yeah. From, from uh, Yes Man and he's been in a couple of other things. Yeah, he's like, funny. Uh let's see if I can pull up his name. I forget his name. Hey uh Reese Darby. Yeah yeah. And uh he goes he goes, I'm a little on edge. Just you know it's 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 the full moon and he, there's something else going on he said I don't remember and he's he's cursing up a storm. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. They all really cracked me up. And all those interactions were great, you know, the, the them just like verbally jousting. Uh, I was surprised by how uneven the fight was. The vampires got their asses kicked. Stu is brutally murdered, as well as a cameraman. Yeah. Oh, 
oh, how about when they're at the vampire at that party and they go, please don't and like you can't eat stew and you can't need any of the cameramen. Well, maybe one. Yeah, maybe one. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vlad talking about Viago, he's an 18th century dandy, so he can be very fussy. <laughs> Was it about Viago or was it about Deacon? I thought it was about Deacon. I thought it was about Viago because they showed that picture of him doing his very silly smile. Oh, was it? I, you know, I, I, I think I got like a series of texts at that moment because they had just been talking about Deacon right before that. So I thought they were still talking about Deacon then. But maybe, maybe you're right. It, it might have been Viago then. The, uh, again, browsing the internet, Stu, if we push images, then we can see pictures of virgins. <laughs> Vlad, Viago, and Deacon. Oh, yes. And then Vlad... I don't think she's a virgin that she's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I missed that one. I was thinking of uh, what what cracked me up about the whole thing with the Lord of the Internet was when he goes, you know, oh, and yeah, so now with this, you can search and you can find anything. Ooh, that scarf. I'm, you know, put yeah, it the, the 1912. Scarf. Yeah, 1912. <laughs> I've been missing it for, uh, for a, a century. Go ahead and find that. Search for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Viago, I went to the lounge the other day and there was blood all over my nice antique couch. Vlad, which one? The red one? Well, yeah, now it's red. <laughs> Guys, if you want to have a victim in there, please just put down some plastic or whatever. This is the, yeah. Who puts that? Well, vampires who are going to feed. <laughs> Jackie was funny. I, I, I think Guillermo does it better. But yeah. The, I, the put upon, like, uh, familiar who's got a, like, who's waiting to be turned. Although yep. she actually got her wish quite early on. From Nick. From Nick. And yep. it's like totally offhand. Oh yeah, Nick did it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love how like two of them, like they, they, they eventually like they slightly warm up to Nick, but they like still keep him at arm's length. But Stu is their best friend. Yes, they love Stu. So, so good. Even after he becomes a werewolf. I actually love that they end up like making amends with the werewolves and like are like best friends. That was great. And they had them all over and it's like once you it took takes about thirty minutes to get past the stench. But then yeah. it's fine. Like they're really cool guys. We just opened up some windows and it's like yeah. it's like Vlad like outside, like floating outside opening the windows. You can't go to the ballless blade, he's a vampire hunter. <laughs> that scene was great where they're just trying on all the different costumes. They're terrible. All of them are terrible. Uh, I just found the line. The night out. The night out is actually what I was thinking of when they're going yeah. out clubbing. And oh my god! I was talking about earlier when the, they have to invite them in and they can't go into any of the clubs. Please just ask us to come in. Ask. <laughs> <laughs> that, I was talking about it earlier, right? The 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 mannequin with the like yeah, the, like they're like moving it around. It's actually kind of convincing how it's moving around. It almost looks like a person walking around with them. Yep. I think the best part of that scene is when Deacon is actually drawing horrible versions of what they look like as evidence of how good they look. Yes. And it's not, they don't even mention it. He's just doing it and showing it to them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's very important to have uh, friends when you're a vampire because you can't see yourself in a reflection. And so... You need someone to tell you how good you look. Oh my God. <laughs> but none of them know what's supposed to look. Like he was wearing a like a blouse and like an overcoat with camo pants. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> we get a lot the, of uh, clothes from our victims. You go, you like bite a guy and you have blood, blood on them, but <laughs> suck his blood. Ooh, I'd rather like his pants, you know. <laughs> the the line from Deacon that we were trying to search for before was I'm doing an erotic dance with my friends and you ruined it. I was in the zone. My friends were loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Oh, man. It's a... Oh, at the very end of the list of quotes on IMDb, they actually have the whole scene where Peter's on fire. Oh. And it's Viago. Peter, get away from the sunlight, Deacon. Get in the shadows, Peter. Viago, get out of the sunlight. Vladislav returning with the water. Get out of my way. Attempts to douse Peter. I'm going in. I'm coming, Peter. Deacon, no, it's sunlight. Deacon, I'm coming for you. Viago, it's sunlight out there. It's sunlight. It's sunlight. <laughs> and just the horror in their voices as they're shouting. It was so it was so good. Oh man, it really it really cracked me up. The the movie was great. I I went to the section of my notes that says like uh you know we do like our favorite parts, our least favorite part. I don't have a least favorite part. Like it was just it was just all entertaining. Oh yeah. Uh super fun. Um my god, I I would I've definitely watched it again, but re- really what it makes me want to do is is finish the series or even start the series over and then finish it cuz it's so much fun. But uh it definitely gives me a, a new, like, as much as I love Nandor before, I love him even more now with his absence. Yes. And just how perfect he is. Um, I do think that Laszlo is weirdly a combination of every character from the movie. Well, there's an aspect of, of that for, for both of them, I feel like, because there was, like, a handful of things. Yeah, I think you're right with, with Laszlo because he gets a lot from, like, probably mostly from Vlad. But the thing with, like, the like the erotic dance, like that sounds like pure Laszlo. Oh yeah. Um, and I guess, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's not so much Viago. Is there anything for specifically you thought that um, you from him? <clears throat> Cause Viago is much more. Nandor. I, Via, yeah. Viago is, na- uh, is definitely Nandor. I guess, uh, no, I, yeah, I guess you're right. Cause yeah, the uh, Viago and Nandor are one-to-one. Uh, Laszlo is definitely like a, a combination of the other two vampires. And then they added multiple layers on top of it. What I think is interesting is Peter, I feel like it's almost, I feel like the leap that they took was they didn't really, like there really wasn't much more they could do with Peter. So they killed him. Right. Like yes. in, in the, in the movie, which is similar to how they treated the Baron, but they made it more, they made him more terrifying and like it more serious. And like, it was more of a plot. And then like, it was a happy accident. <laughs> Yeah, and like, well, I think they also realized because the character was so one note and that that bit only has so much you can do, they yeah. replaced him with Colin Robinson. Oh my god, who is They gave gold. him the whole thing where it's like, okay, he's standoffish, he's like kind of other yeah. from the group and literally lives in the basement. Yeah. But other than that, there's like no overlap. Yeah, okay, I, I agree. <laughs> Colin Robinson. Yeah, I spent the whole day at the DMV, and they finally just gave me a license. So I did what any young guy would do. I bought myself a convertible. I popped on some tunes, and I blocked the entrance to the Lincoln Tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have they show the scene. It's a security camera at the Lincoln Tunnel, and it's all these cars, people screaming at him, beeping the horn. And then he looks up at the camera and does this thing where he opens his mouth and his eyes really wide because he's like. He's really getting all that energy. And his eyes shine. They always, <laughs> yeah, they, they yeah. always flash when he does that. <laughs> that oh, wasn't man. the one where he gets his promotion, right? You didn't see the one where he gets his promotion. No, I didn't see that. Okay, I think that might be... It's like one before or one after the Jackie Daytona, I think. There's a really strong run. The whole like second season, up until like the final two or three episodes, is like gold. Like It's peak, yeah. pure, distilled version of the show. They- and, the, and, like, the final couple of episodes are still good. Just, sure. They don't reach, like, that. Like, they're more, like, on a par with, like, the first season. 
I gotcha. Definitely in the uh, in the first episode or the Haley Joel Osment episode, one of my another favorite Colin Robinson scene for me is when uh, Haley Joel Osment's character is explaining those apples and the coupons that you basically you go buy it and then you mail the coupon in and you get like a money back for it. And Colin Robinson goes, and I can explain this to people. And he goes, yeah, sometimes more than once. He goes, wow. And he goes, you know, he's like, dude, I'm firing on all cylinders. You can drain me right now if you want. And he's like, you know what? So for some reason, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's so good. Then I so then then what flooded through my mind was like the idea of like him being like a telemarketer and like how much pleasure he would get from that. <laughs> well, the, yeah, exactly. That's the whole premise of the episode. He gets promoted to middle management and realizes Okay. Oh, he, perfect. Like every time they have one of those Mr. Manager meetings, he's just draining everyone in the meeting and then it like emboldens him so he drains the whole office. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. It's fuck King guy. <laughs> Fucking guy. <laughs> oh, man. I was definitely within the movie. I guess my least favorite part is as as much as like, you know, it's not like a he's not the best character. The absence of Nandor of not Nandor of Guillermo is notable. Yes. Because like well, that character always character being in the house doing everything is so important. <laughs> his character has much more screen time than Jackie does. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, uh, not to, to go into the show a lot here, but um, my, one of my favorite scenes so far. I think it was it was also in the second season. Guillermo's eating espresso co- chocolate covered espresso beans to stay awake, and he's in the bathroom and he's all hyper and he's he's eating them and he's talking to the camera. And someone knocks on the door and he goes, ah, don't come in, I'm busy. And he trips and he f- drops all of the chocolate-covered espresso beans. <laughs> and I, I made him, oh, uh, Guillermo, did you make a mess in there again? He's like, yes, master, yes, I made a mess. And he opens the door and he sees all the chocolate-covered espresso beans on the floor. And he goes, oh, Guillermo, <laughs> you have to drink more water. <laughs> <laughs> and then he he makes, he makes a... Like later on, like towards the close of that episode, he does make another comment about his dry poops. Oh, I don't remember. That, which that. Is just, I, I remember what you were talking about with the, the espresso beans. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. Anyway, what we do in the shadows is a absolute treat. Yes. Any other closing thoughts? No, I think we uh, I think we got to it quite adequately. I agree. I agree. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Bielsi. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs>